All right. So welcome to the show. Uh, today we are joined by Amber, Jamie, and Sydney. Um, again, with my lovely co-host here, Dustin. Um, thank you all so much for being here today. Hi. Thank Hi, you. Thank you for having us. So I would love for us to kind of start off, um, you know, we're all kind of from different seasons. Some of you are from similar seasons. Um, would love for you all to just kind of intro yourselves with like what season people would recognize you from and what your family background is and maybe just kind of talk a little bit about how you identify as a mixed race person. So whoever wants to go first. (laughs) Do you, I can go first. Okay. So my name is Amber. Um, I was on Crystal season, uh, Ben Higgins season and Bachelor in Paradise. I don't know the second one that was ever on. So I don't know. Second. Um, I, come from a mixed background. My mom is, uh, my white half. She is partially Scottish and Italian and French and all mixture of white. And then my dad is, I'm not very close to my dad. So I don't really know all of his background, but obviously he's African American side. Um, and I, I guess I identify myself, um, as I don't want to say more white, but I grew up in my white side mm-hmm. of my family. So um, I definitely have learned a lot in the last month than I probably have in my entire life. Mm. So this is kind of new for me, but I love it and I'm here for it. Yeah. We're all Love it. Go Amber. <laughs> yeah. We're we're all figuring it out. And that's part of the conversation yeah. with Mixed in America. Um, Jasmine and Megan, they both just kind of shared about how we are all figuring it out. Like the mixed race story is, you know, one that there's not a lot of research on, one that not a lot of people talk about, one that we don't really have a strong community in. So um some of the things we talk about mm-hmm. today might feel a little hard and might be a little uncomfortable, but that's totally okay. It's part of the process and this is a safe space for us to try to figure these things out and process them together. So thank you for sharing, Amber. It's complex. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. complex. So yeah. <laughs> thank you, Amber. You're welcome, Dustin. Love that. We're going next. We're going in the line. Jamie, Jamie, you want to yeah. go next? I'll jump in. Hi, I'm Jamie. I was on uh, season 20. So Ben Higgins season of The Bachelor. And then I did Bachelor in Paradise 3 after mm-hmm. that. Um, my parents are, my dad is white. He's uh, French Canadian. He has a little bit of Métis in him. So whenever people see my parents, they're like, no, they're both mixed. Cause my dad can get pretty mm. tanned. And I'm like, pretty sure I know what my parents are. <laughs> yeah. 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 Thanks for telling me what I am. Uh, yeah. Right. <laughs> and then, uh, my mom's parents are from, uh, the Caribbean. Uh, they're from this small Island called Montserrat. Um, I, yeah, my mom is, I feel like now, even for her, these last couple of months, she's learned a lot more mm-hmm. about um, like her background and stuff because she grew up in like the prairies in Canada. <laughs> so in like Winnipeg, which is just like the center of Canada, yeah. there was like one other black family where she's from. That's like all she really knew. I think she was called an Oreo the whole time she was like in high school. So she's like, now was like the opening for her to start talking about like race more, which I'm like so proud of her and so happy that we're having these conversations. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yay. I love that. Is it my turn? Yeah, Sydney, go ahead. How about <laughs> okay, it? Okay, I the line. Um, so I'm Sydney. I am from Peter season. Um, my mother is just white, southern from Alabama, um, blonde hair, blue eyes, little bitty, so cute. Um, and then my dad is African American, and then his mother is Dominican. So 
Um, I don't know. I guess I've never really had to like identify just because I've always just like, I've never really like understood what even that means. Like, do I identify like as white or black? I've never like understood what that really even meant. Um, so I've always just like been myself. If I had to say like where I was most comfortable for myself, I always, for some reason, just caught myself. If, like, if there's in high school, for instance, if there's a group of African-Americans versus the groups of um, Caucasians or whatever, I would just naturally gravitate towards the African-Americans that that's just where I felt most accepted and most where I could feel the way mm. I wanted to feel and not judged as much. So um, I guess that's where I would feel like most comfortable, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. So... Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And I mean, I know just now for this intro, we kind of went in a line here down our, our video, but um, yeah. <laughs> definitely, you know, feel free to all chat with each other and want this to be a pretty open discussion here. Um, yeah. You know, I know given that we all have came from Bachelor, um, not to talk a ton about Bachelor itself, but um, just to kind of touch on our experiences briefly on that on there um from what i can remember there's only been a select few amount of people who who on the show have actually been able to talk about their experience being mixed race um you know sydney you came to mind as someone i think in my intro they had me talk about it where i said you know i felt like i wasn't accepted by people who were black and i wasn't accepted by people who were white and i felt like i wasn't black enough and then i wasn't white enough and it was just felt kind of hard to fit in um and i know Mm -hmm. you did talk a little bit about it it on your season yeah. and I'm wondering if other of if anyone else did too and I just don't remember or might have missed it um I think for Amber and I the only time it was like aired which it was aired in such an ugly way mm-hmm. was during women tell all with Jubilee mm-hmm. which mm-hmm. was like so unfortunate because like we did another podcast where we really started dissecting what happened and we were like the setup was so awful like we mm-hmm. were, she was on stage. We were in like where everybody mm-hmm. sits and it felt like we were like yelling at her mm-hmm. to get our point across. And it was just like such a hot yeah. mess. It like mm-hmm. to look back, I'm like, mm-hmm. yeah, it was awful. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And we were like saying how they kind of put us in that situation because right before we went on the show, they were like, so you guys are going to talk about this, right? And we're like, yeah, we can bring it up. But like we, instead of being together, we got separated mm-hmm. And right before the show, too, Jubilee and I were all friends. Like, we were texting each other. And then it's almost like they just completely separated all of us. Mm. So To talk about, like, your experiences of being biracial and being Black? Yeah. Yeah. And some of the things that she had said throughout our season, she would say, I'm the only real Black girl here. Mm -hmm. And all she's like, out of everyone, I could be the first Black bachelorette. Mm -hmm. And we were like, well, like we would as well. And she was like, no, but you're not really black. Mm. And like, to me, the way I interpreted that was like, you're saying my mom's not my mom and like all of my family, what they've been through and that I'm not affected by Mm -hmm. that. And it was just like, it was really hurtful. And I feel like at that time, people weren't understanding where we were coming from. It came across as like the two light skinned devils attacking this like, beautiful black woman which was like not the case yeah. right mm, yeah that's exactly how we felt because even afterwards I remember that girl that came up to us and she was like thank you so much for like talking about this like I've had issues in the same situation and mm-hmm. she just like thanked us but none of that obviously was there yeah, yeah. 
So we just got hmm. death threats on Instagram. Yeah. <laughs> we got that's, called racist on Instagram. That's always a fun time. <laughs> yeah. All right. It's time for a short break right here. I want to share one of my favorite sponsors of the podcast. Y'all already know what that is, Better Help. And this is not just like self-help, y'all. This is real, like legitimate therapy online from licensed professional counselors um, who honestly are available like within 24 hours. You'll get paired with someone. Um, it's super, super easy to sign up. They offer uh, financial assistance and they are available worldwide. So no matter where you are in the world, you can get matched with a therapist and start communicating with under uh, 24 hours via phone, via text, chat, via video. Um, And they've actually had so many people sign up and start using BetterHelp that they are actually recruiting additional counselors in all 50 states. So I mean... If, clearly, if you're if you're a therapist, get on this platform. Um, and if you are looking for help, I mean, I think the I think the proof here is in the numbers. So I really want to help all of you, lovely listeners, start living a happier life today and get the support that you deserve and that you might be needing or that you just might want. Uh, so you will get ten percent off your first month by visiting BetterHelp.com/talkaboutit, and that will give you. I mean, that's like four sessions you could fit in to a, a month for 10% off. And they also do offer financial assistance so you can you know, make it even more affordable. So you can join over a million people today and start taking charge of your mental health. Again, that's betterhelp.com slash talk about it. So I hope y'all take advantage of this and uh, we can get right back to the show. Um, Sydney, I heard you kind of like agreeing with parts of that. And given that Mm -hmm. you shared, you know, kind of growing up, you felt pretty accepted by like the black community growing up. Um, is that something that you can relate to at all of having kind of comments like made towards you like that? Or have you had a different experience? Oh, Oh, for sure. Um, just growing up like in the deep South, you know, I was born and raised in Alabama and, um, that my mom was a single mom. My dad never was really in my life ever. So, I mean, just going into that, like very, um, white picket fence, cookie cutter kind of Mm -hmm. community and coming in as just like this little mixed little girl with a mom that's struggling to keep her head above water. It was just like, it was a lot, you know, going into high school and like learning who I was and trying to just, you know, I just wanted to be accepted anywhere. So I was like, okay, well, you know, I'll join the cheer team and then then I'll have girlfriends, but the cheer team was primarily like all white girls. So Mm -hmm. then I was like, well, I'll join the dance team and I'll like those, those girls were all African-American. So it was very hard for me to just understand like where I belonged. And, um, yeah, like the girls would, I mean, it's awful names. Like, I don't have to repeat them, but mm-hmm. I mean, I'm sure we've all heard them, you know? So yeah. it was just <laughs> a lot of that. And it's just, it's very just political, I guess, in Alabama. And it's very, mm-hmm. um, it's just very nasty here still, like always. And yeah. I don't, you know, if that'll ever change, like God willing, it will. But um, have I seen a change? No, like mm-hmm. it's, like, yeah. I would never raise my child in the community that I grew up in ever, ever. Mm-hmm. So Gosh, that makes me so. Where do you live now? Um, so yeah, now no. I'm in between Alabama and San Jose. So I'm here. Okay. I'm here in San Jose now, but um, I'll go back to Bama to see my family and stuff. Still, yeah. yeah. And Amber, I know you grew up in Chicago, right? Near Chicago. I grew up uh, like an hour south of Chicago, similar to Destin. And and no, no, Destin. I know you were you were like near Kentucky ish. 
<laughs> yeah, I'm I'm way further south than uh, than Amber. Than Amber. Okay. she's like in a somewhat of a suburb suburb area. Okay, somewhat. I guess you would call that that. I don't know. And then Jamie, but it's outside Chicago. And then Jamie, you were around like Canada, around Va- Vancouver, growing up. Um, I actually grew up in Alberta, Alberta. so it's like yeah, right yeah. above Montana. Yeah. Uh, it's definitely like it's uh, it's not like the south but people say like it's more redneck than anywhere else in canada yeah it's the one time i was in alberta it was called texas light (laughs) like that it's like the tech like canada's texas um but i'm wondering like i mean just to talk about like location a bit i mean i had i did middle school in South Carolina and that was where Mm -hmm. I experienced like the most racism and the most like confusion around what my race Mm was. Um, And I'm hearing from you, Mm -hmm. Sydney, that like part of, part of your experience in the South, just in general, kind of made that a bit difficult. (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah. 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 I couldn't imagine. I, I, when I was talking to Taylor earlier, um, this week before we all this, I had told her like when I grew up, I like, again, I grew up on my mom's side. So mm-hmm. my dad wasn't really around until the last five years. Yeah. Um, and then g- coming from that, like going, I went to a Catholic high school. So I was around all only white people. Mm-hmm. And then high school, everyone went to the Catholic high school as well. Um, sorry, grade school and high school. And then when I went to high school, I was the only black woman in my entire class. Oh, that's crazy. So I only had white friends. And then when my dad, like, even like my dad's side of the family, like I personally don't even know, mm-hmm. like uh, people like used to joke around. Cause my dad was a big, had a big family. He has one of 13. Yeah. So a lot of my friends were like, don't date any black guys because they might be your cousins. Cause mm-hmm. I had so many cousins, mm-hmm. so many. And I was like, I don't even know if he, he might be my cousin. <laughs> like, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, but so I think I primarily like always did white guys, mm-hmm. like growing up and everything. And that's just kind of like where I, I mean, that's how I grew yeah. up, honestly. My mom was never like, I don't want you to learn about this. But again, it, even in like high school, grade school, like we learned about Harriet Tubman, Martin Luther King, Rosa Parks. And that's it. Mm. That's probably all I learned. Very so, minimal, for sure. Right. Same. Yeah. I, I learned the same. It's very minimal. They don't really get in depth because, I mean, they don't know either. They don't know. I don't think, I don't, I don't right. want to say they don't want to know, but they just don't know. And they don't, I guess they don't have that curiosity to look into it mm-hmm. with more depth or whatnot. But mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah, I feel you. Like I grew up pretty much dating all, well, in my hometown, Southern Illinois, I pretty much started dating just white girls. Mm-hmm. And then I fell in love with this black girl. And I was like, she was my first girlfriend. <laughs> we dated for like five years. And I was just head over, what head over heels. Head, head over heels. heels. Love. Yeah. Yeah. But that didn't work out. But yeah, I've only dated um, a black girl, um, a mixed girl, mm. and a Latina. Mm. Um, never really fully dated, like a serious relationship with a white girl. Yeah. But 
growing up, it was just white girls that were around. Well, before, uh, you know, in our intro with Dustin, you shared an experience of, uh, you know, being younger and having a crush on a girl and then her basically being like, well, I can't date you because you're black. Um, Yeah, my little heartbreak. Yeah. My first heartbreak. (laughs) Yeah. And I'm wondering, like, for the girls, if, if there has been any kind of experience like that around dating where you felt like, you know person wasn't interested because you had blackness as a part of you yeah I definitely have I remember in high school there was uh he was like the quarterback of the football team like he was white and he was just you know kind of just like that guy and he mm-hmm. always like I know that he knew that he thought I was cute I always knew it but mm-hmm. then he like started to express that and then um you know we grew like a liking to each other and then like I would go over to his family's house because we were still in high school so but his family was not having it and they were just like this is not right like you know just because I think because of my mom who she was and she was single and we just weren't that you know family Mm -hmm. and then me being me it was just like yeah it was basically because I was mixed it was for sure because I was a mixed around school and that was wasn't a good look Mm -hmm. it's so crazy to think about that Mm -hmm. oh my gosh yeah I is that when you realized that race is an issue? Was that because that's when I realized that what race was? I don't think I really understood it until that point. Was that for you too, Sydney? Um, well, that was I, in high school, so you were probably. I mean, yeah. I had experienced really heavy in middle school. Middle, yeah. honestly, I got it the heaviest, the worst in middle school, Same. and then high school is when I was just like, okay, I hate all of you guys. Just leave me alone. I was kind of like a loner, and middle school was when I was really, really struggling with like, I just like burned my hair so straight because I just hate. Hated it being yep. curly, and I was just like, I hate this. They're like, right? And then I was like, <laughs> I want <laughs> all the the Aeropostale and all of those oh, clothes yeah. all the girls had. Like, and I would just like like engorge myself in that because that's what I thought I needed to do for these people yeah. to like me, you know. And then once I got to high school, I was like, okay, I like just like a lot of you guys. I just want to get out of here and get to college as soon as I can. So I, it was just miserable so mm-hmm. Dustin to answer your question I think it was more in middle school is when I struggled yeah. the most and when I figured out okay I'm I'm different I'm not the same as everybody like I'm, I'm different mm-hmm. you know yeah same so yeah. funny about the hair I did the yeah. same thing I oh remember coming downstairs <laughs> with my mom and I'm like mom I want Ashley Bovair hair and she's like <laughs> Ashley Bovair is white had this short little bob blonde. I was like, I want to do this with my hair. Mm-hmm. Like, why can't she put her hair through her hands through mm-hmm. her hair? And I made her cut my hair. It was the worst decision All the of girls my life. In my high school, I like, had like, <laughs> this little side bang, and because her hair was straight, so yep. it like swept really nice. But I wanted that so bad. That was much. Like my mom was like, Sydney, you have you can't do that to your hair. I'm like, you can't mom, do that. I have to have it. <laughs> I had the same thing. I remember begging my mom. I was like, I can do bangs. Like, trust me. Yeah. And I, I, I was like pretty. <laughs> young I think when I first like chemically straightened my hair and then it was like it needed to be like stick straight Mm -hmm. otherwise Mm -hmm. I would get like so and now looking back it was like it was definitely like anxiety like I Mm -hmm. would feel so uncomfortable if it wasn't like and it was like dead straight like no movement like it's making me cringe now and like (laughs) I wish that I had shaved my head earlier and like embraced my curls earlier because the second I did that I felt like I just felt like me the second and I like was like enough with all of this Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah but I feel like I feel like listening to your guys's experiences and you know how they say there's like oh there's no racism in Canada which like there 100 percent is it's (laughs) just a lot it's like definitely it's like polite racism Mm -hmm. I guess yeah (laughs) which like Canadians are Mm -hmm. so it's like listening to your like 
what you've been through, I'm just like so shocked. And I feel like I've gone through very like more smaller kind of scenarios of that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Me too. Honestly, I was lucky enough, like growing up and all my friends, like they kind of accepted me when I came in, I moved from California to Illinois. Mm -hmm. So I like just jumped into the grade school um, and everyone pretty much accepted me right away. Um, And I mean, but like, I named my dog Oreo because they called me Oreo. So it was like a polite racism. Mm-hmm. So oh I mean, look at this little guy. Yeah. <laughs> He's on my mat. Okay. Anyway, that's my dog. Um, yeah. But I mean, it's just like, yeah, polite racism. Yeah. The, <laughs> but you the, don't really think about it. Yeah, you don't think about it because it also kind of becomes your norm as you're growing up. That becomes like, oh, okay, I guess that is like how people talk to me. And I mean, the I think, Jamie, it's what you're saying. Like in the South in America too, it's people are so much bolder with their racism. I mean, literally in middle school being straight up told to go pick cotton, to go back to Africa, told Mm -hmm. I have slave feet, called a half nig. That was like my nickname that I was a half nig. Um, So it's, it's, I think certainly depending on where you are, like people are much bolder with it. Um, But it is in Canada, certainly still present, just presents itself in different ways. Yeah. All right. I want to take a short break right here. Uh, I want to talk about hair for a second because we have a fun sponsor of the podcast, Function of Beauty. Now, I know y'all probably heard of them before, but you might not have. And I want to share my experience because I wasn't sure how this was going to go. You know, I'm always hesitant to try out like new things on my hair because, you know, you always see these commercials and women just letting down their soft, silky hair. But like, I usually don't have that response and I have particular hair. Um, and Function of Beauty is hair care that is formulated specifically for you. So I was hesitant, but honestly, no matter what your hair type, they create shampoo, conditioner, and treatments to fit your unique needs. And you might be sitting over there being like, Mm-mm, I'm real unique. They ain't going to match me. Well, they literally have 54 trillion, trillion, y'all. trillion possible ingredient combinations to make sure your formula is as unique as you, boo. And honestly, it's very, very simple. First, you take a quick but thorough quiz and tell them a little bit about your hair. And then the Function of Beauty team determines the right blend of ingredients. And then they bottle your custom formula to order. They deliver it in this personalized formula right to your door in a cute customized bottle with your favorite color and fragrance. And they put your name on it. I got my fragrance as lavender. So obviously it was purple. And I put on my uh, shampoo bottle, Curl Boss or Curl Curl Queen. Curl Queen is what it said. (laughs) Um, I've, you know, I was owning it, owning my curls. Uh, But one of the things that I obviously very much value in this is the fact that their formulas are vegan and cruelty-free, that they don't ever use sulfates or parabens or any other harmful ingredients because y'all know these ingredients are important. And especially with these curls, I got to be treating them right. Parabens and sulfates do nothing but damage my curls. So honestly, what are you waiting for? I waited way too long and I'm glad that I have them in my life now. So you can head over to functionofbeauty.com slash let's talk to take your four part hair profile quiz and you can save 20% off your first order. Go to functionofbeauty.com slash let's talk for 20% off and let them know, let them know y'all that you heard about it from this show. Be like, yep, I heard about this on Let's Talk About It 
with Taylor Nolan. Again, that's functionofbeauty.com slash let's talk. Hope y'all check it out and enjoy it because I'm definitely very happy I made this decision and I'm very, very happy to have them as a sponsor of the podcast. So with all that said, we can now get right back to the show. Um, Part of what I want to make sure we go into a bit because I know not every group we're going to talk about similar topics here. And since this came up and Jamie, I know you've had like a very, um, oh gosh, I don't even know the word for it, but like you've really kind of dug into this like hair journey. And um, also Dustin, I feel like you might learn some things right now because I don't know if it's different for guys <laughs> or not, which is also why I'm glad you're here um, to see your perspective and, you know, what, whatever experience you've had with this. But for, you know, biracial girls, I feel like with our hair, it's such a signifier. Like I was continuously told that part of my blackness was my curls and that that was unfortunately part of what made me ugly and the part that I was made to feel very shameful for, hence the straightening all the time and needing to meet these standards of Mm -hmm. white beauty. Um, And, you know, Jamie, you like shaved your head and now you're really embracing your curls and would love for you to share just a little bit about like what that journey was like for you. And then for Amber and and Sydney, you know, what your journey is like with your hair and your racial identity has been like too. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like it's funny because especially now I can see like clearer. Mm-hmm. Whereas like when I had straight hair, it was like, oh, she's exotic. Oh, yeah. And even, even mm. for acting, I was going out for like a lot of Latina roles and like mm-hmm. just all over the place and like ethnically ambiguous. Yeah. And now I strictly go out for black female, mm-hmm. which I'm like, that's very interesting. Um, I think the the war with my hair, I guess, yeah. tug of war started when I was like young and I got made fun of like severely on the bus, like grade six. Mm-hmm. They said I had like horse hair or like straw hair. And I was just like, yeah. and it, it sucks. Cause as a kid, you're like, I don't like, I don't know what I'm doing to make you this upset. Like I'm literally just being myself. Mm-hmm. And then mm-hmm. obviously you go like, I had like, when I was really young, I had really beautiful like ringlet curls. Mm -hmm. And then as you age, Mm -hmm. obviously your hair changes. And Mm -hmm. I can't remember what grade I was in, but my uncle used to always take me out on like our like little dates. And I didn't know, like I was having issues with my hair. So I would just throw it in a ponytail. It wasn't the nicest. And he was like, you need to look presentable, which he was on my mom's side as well. So he was, he's black but that's what he's been told. Yeah. So it stems back to there where it's like, we need to always look presentable and professional. So he took me to the hairdresser and I got my hair chemically relaxed. Yeah. And I was, mm-hmm. I still remember because I watched that Chris Rock documentary and that feeling of I'm finally beautiful. Mm-hmm. And like the compliments I got from that, that's why I just started doing it for like, well, I think till I was like 25. That was when I finally was like, I am done with this. I started telling everyone that I was going to shave my head because I wanted to like have to do it. I didn't want to chicken out. I wanted to do it years before, but I just couldn't. And then the one good thing about like social media is seeing people going through the same journey mm-hmm. as you. Yeah. And I saw so many influencers doing like that same thing. And I was like, I just got to do it. And when I sat in the chair and the girl, my girlfriend started cutting my hair and she buzzes it off. And then I went to the washroom because it would, had taken a long time. I have an aggressive amount of hair. Mm-hmm. And she thought that I was like crying. Like she was so scared. And I came out and I had literally like the biggest smile on my face. And I still like that feeling <laughs> was just like the best. And as it's growing out, I'm just like loving it. I kind of miss my Afro a lot. Like it was so much fun. 
And now I look back on like photos of every stage of my hair and I'm like, oh, that was cute. That, like I missed that. And now I'm just like excited for it to get long again. <laughs> Oh. I don't know what's right. You're like literally so making me cry cute. right now. Oh, <laughs> it's so bad. Man. Like, I get like, it's silly because you're like, it's just hair, but it like makes you so. I watched a, yeah. a video on Instagram yesterday, and this girl was like, Your hair is your crown. Like, think about how many people curl mm-hmm. their hair. And I'm like, Yes. Like, I just, I can't wait to have like daughters and kind of like teach them that as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Absolutely. Okay, now you're really making that. me cry talking about daughters. <laughs> no. <laughs> and I actually I was on set with these young girls and they there was three of them that all like really looked alike because they had to play one younger girl. They were like four or five. And I was like the older version of them. So we all had this like these curls and they were like, Cute Oh hair. mommy, she looks like me. And I almost started bawling and I was like, cherish your curls. Like don't change yeah. them, work <laughs> with them. Anything. And they were like, okay. And I was like, I hope that helps. Cause I feel like when an older person that you think of as like cool yeah. is like keeping them, you're like, okay. <laughs> cool and beautiful and beautiful. Thank you. Yeah, they are beautiful. I love that. Yeah. Curls are beautiful. That's so, yeah, that's so, like, uh, disheartening that, you know, so many girls go through that at such a confusing age already, Mm -hmm. like, going through, like, puberty and growing Mm -hmm. up and bullies and this and that, which that experience should be something Mm -hmm. a lot younger that, you know, Jamie was having. It should be a more, you know, I don't know. It's just, it's just disheartening that so many girls go through that. Yeah. Yeah. When my hair was curly, I had to like run downstairs when we had our, like, our school pictures. I'm like, can I take my picture first before even like the <laughs> kindergartens? Cause my hair would just grow. Yeah. So I'm like, please, can I do it? It's still wet. Yeah. Let me do it right now. Yeah. <laughs> the first like 30 minutes when it's wet it's, is when it's the best. Yeah. Yes. I'm like, go, 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 go. And then as soon as I got it done, I would put it up in a bun. Mm-hmm. Like every day it was in a bun. And, and then I finally, I chemically relaxed it as well. And then finally it grew out. And now it's just finally getting healthy and I'm finally embracing the curls, but I know how to like do it better. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, you like, obviously my mom didn't know she combed it. It would take, take hours for her to just brush my hair and I would just cry. Yeah. So I just automatically hated my hair yeah. as a child. Mm-hmm. And I did never want to, never wanted to go swimming because oh. it would get wet. And then mm-hmm. <laughs> I didn't want to brush my hair because I would just cry. I'd be like, mom, this hurt. And she's like, you got to get the rats out. She like, named them yeah. <laughs> oh my God. I remember but, did you have to go swimming for school and like my parents signed me out of that no, class no. oh my gosh it was oh, I was no. like that's my nightmare oh like, my goodness which I thought was weird because we had like I went to a Catholic school and we had separate um like gym classes for male and female but for some reason for like the swimming session we all swam together hmm. which I was like your whole concept yeah. is very confusing but hell no I'm <laughs> not, not going yeah I didn't have that. That's odd. Yeah. Yeah. And Sydney, what about, what, what, what about for you? Yeah, I think it was similar to both of you guys. I, it was just, I had curly hair and I thought it was just, it was not cute. And my mom would put just for me relaxers on it. And, um, it would, you know, it's, it's straightened out, but it's like almost like I regret those decisions because like now it's like your curl pattern. It's so weird now because I've been doing like, yeah. like, I remember moments where my mom would literally like iron, like we didn't have straighteners yet. So like we, she would literally iron my hair out like on the bed. Yeah. And like thinking about that now was like crazy, but like that's the length that I would go. It was crazy, right? Yeah. But that's the length that I would go to to have straight hair. I was like, like even like a few years back, even I would think like if my hair was curly, I'd just get out of the shower. It would be like three days where I wouldn't go anywhere because my hair would be curly. And like, someone's like, Oh, let's go do something. I'm like, Oh, I can't. My hair is curly. Like 
what is this yeah. thinking? Yeah. Like, it's crazy. To, you know, <laughs> yeah. I'll have straight my hair. It's going to be like three hours. So I can't go, you know? Mm-hmm. So yeah. that's like, yep. I had to just work through that and understand like, Sydney, you don't have to do that to feel your best, to feel put together and pretty. Like, it's like, I had this, just this like inkling in my mind that was like, if your hair is curly, like you're not pretty, like you you can't get ready. You can't go out anywhere. And it's mm-hmm. like, I've had to work through that to like, tell myself like that it's fine. And that it's like, just these, I think it's just back from this middle school, high school. It was just back from those years of me just like drilling that in my head and telling myself that that's who I had to be. So it's been like me mm-hmm. trying to just retract from that like mindset that I've had for so long, you know? Yeah. It's so hard yeah. to get those like inner thoughts out of your head that yeah. like mm-hmm. other people put there. And yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. it makes me- I still have them. You know I still have I mean? them every yeah. once in a while. Right. I mean, yeah. I... Sometimes, like, I'm like, oh, my hair is not the best when it's curly. And I'm yeah. like, mm, it's like a- I'll just stay home tonight. <laughs> mm-hmm. Right? It's a also process. Also, it takes forever. Yeah, it well, really it does. does. It takes, I mean, when I would straighten oh. my hair, it would be literally, like, two and a half hours. And yeah, yeah. Right. it totally was this whole process of, like, trying to be, quote, unquote, presentable and what society yes. perceived as presentable and as beautiful. Like, to go on a date or to go to an event or to go to a wedding with my hair curly was like, uh-uh. Like, mm-hmm. I will be well, taking up too much space a felt like oh. I would be too big and taking up space yeah. that I'd be making other people feel uncomfortable which then in turn would make me feel uncomfortable that the mm-hmm. white people I was around would then be perceiving my blackness and experiencing my blackness yeah. that I didn't feel secure or comfortable in yet and that I feared they would then judge and shame me and be racist against me towards so it was like how can right. I show up in the way that's going to make everyone else the most comfortable to where I can feel yeah. safe that I'm not going to get attacked in any way and and something as trivial as you might think of hair actually is like a huge signifier to that. So like when women are like, you know, even my my mom would straight up say to me like, oh, I love when you straighten your hair. It looks so much better. Like it's so much prettier when it's straight. Like it just, it's so cute, you know, and like the curls, you know, like you're, you're trying them and, and they're cute too. But, you know, I love when you have it straightened and it's like, I don't think people... I don't think white people specifically understand the like emotional turmoil and journey that mixed race people go through, especially women with their curls. Yeah. Yeah. I think my dad is like a G in that way. Cause he actually, he weirdly had a fro and he is white. Mm-hmm. He has aggressively curly hair as well. So the day I straightened my hair, my dad like cried. That was the first time I saw him cry. Mm-hmm. You're going to make he me was like, cry again, Jamie. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> <laughs> and now with it growing out he's like when he first saw my buzz cut he was like oh and then he was like this is kind of cool and then my brothers and I I was like now we look like triplets and now with it growing out like my dad's like I'm so happy you embrace your curls mm-hmm. and now I feel like with this like the BLM movement like when I'm walking down the street like so many people are like yes like good for you and mm-hmm. I yell at like girls with like natural hair and their braids and everything and I'm yeah. just like yes because I didn't realize like my aunt, she is like a phenomenal braider. Like she's a magician and she braided my hair once and she was like, are you sure you're Speaking able of, to wear this at work? And I remember oh, ahead, being Jenny. like, no, 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 you go ahead. Why would Ooh. that be an issue? And she said like at her own work, she's had issues. Yeah. And I'm like, are you kidding me? These girls are wearing messy buns. Their hair is mm-hmm. greasy. Like, and you can't wear braids. Like, are you kidding me? That's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> I had a similar, uh, go ahead, Dustin. Okay. Um, I remember speaking of braids, I remember one, we, I was in like health class or something and some of the girls like were doing like cornrows. So I got my hair like completely braided and I thought I was just like 
the coolest, like cutest moment ever. So then the next bell rings and I go to class and there were some of like the, the worst people that bullied me throughout high school. And I just remember walking in and everything like, Oh, Sydney, like, Oh, you finally look like where you, where you belong. Like you finally look normal. Cause like my hair was oh. braided and I was like, you guys, I just remember just, like sitting there, like, you know, you're in their desk and like every, everyone, you know, you just feel so like, you know, you know, they're talking about, you know, they're mm-hmm. saying it. And it yeah, was just like, I remember that moment. I was just like, Oh my gosh. Like I've had so many of those, like, just like crazy things happen that you don't even just wild. Mm-hmm. But oh yeah, to speak on braids, I actually like. I mean, we had you know Taylor. We had this conversation mm-hmm. earlier, like how I got into sports. I was really athletic and I was really good. So my black side took me in, you know, because I was really yeah. good at sports. I remember getting braids in middle school, and I was like, yeah, I want to be like Allen Iverson and this and that. And I'm so <laughs> I don't know. If we, I'm not gonna curse. Never mind. No, I'm you so can totally curse. You can totally curse. I'm so tender headed. I went through so much pain to just look cool and look and look black. And <laughs> I will never. I love braids. I love them on people, but I myself will never have my hair braided again. But I wish I could show you these photos, though. But I just oh, fell up a time. It's the right. Did you have though. one? Of, my mm. girlfriend in van has she is like the most amazing uh cornrow style and she doesn't pull but it stays so well like my hair was so short before and she braided it and i was like how am i not crying my eyes out right now and it looks so clean see i think you want to come to vancouver i'll hook you up (laughs) i'm I'm done i i think my hair has been traumatized (laughs) no and i I think too that like i mean maybe I don't I can't remember because there's a lot of stories and everyone has different experience but um you know I remember Sydney saying that you grew up predominantly with your mom who's uh Mm. white and for me growing up predominantly with my mom who's white (laughs) that like I totally missed any of those opportunities to even immerse myself in uh my blackness or to have even tips right on like edges which like I was always like oh they're my baby hairs and like they make me look like not cute and I need to like get rid of my my baby hairs one time yeah (laughs) I shaved mine one time kitchen is that what they say what is it the kitchen kitchen? you never heard that no no No. you guys gotta google so I on my black side of my family and my cousins, they were they would always talk about the girls would talk about their kitchen and it's like yeah. at the bottom of your uh hair in this area. In the in the back of your neck. You guys never heard that before? The no. Kitchen? No. no. That's some that's some, that's some that's some ghetto shit. It's like <laughs> okay, so funny. We learn it. We learn it today. Um but yeah, uh, the the baby but- hairs, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I guess it was tough for my mom because, you know, she she always embraced my curls. She's like, Sydney, oh, I look, because she has, like, very Caucasian hair. So she's like, oh, I wish I had your volume and your curls. It's so beautiful. Like, would always encourage me to wear it curly. But I was like, no, mom, like, this is awful. Like, you don't understand the struggle. Like, you know, but she would always encourage me to embrace them, which I'm very thankful for. Um, but no, does that mean she she knew how to do my hair? Probably not. Mm-hmm. You know, <laughs> yeah. It's just like, my mom did not either. Yeah, she like would bring me to her hairstylist. My mom's a redhead, straight hair. Mm-hmm. I'm like, and I would go to her stylist, and I'm like, can you just fix it? And they would just fuck yeah. it up. Yeah, they fucked it up. I'm and like, mom, I think I need to go to like, like a black hairstyle. Yeah, I think so everyone sorry. makes as had. Yeah, everyone's fucked their hair up oh, growing yeah. up at some point. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I'm now you reach out. Oh, sorry, go ahead. 
Oh, I was gonna say, Taylor, when you were talking about edges, I was like, yeah, when when once you you like notice like what is that like it makes you look a lot more ethnic than like you know everyone else and then I hated that so Mm -hmm. I decided to like I decided to shave them off Mm -hmm. and it was I looked like I had like a receding hairline it was terrible it was so (laughs) bad I was going to these crazy lengths it was crazy yeah (laughs) and now to go see a hairdresser you got to do like so much research and you have to ask them like a million questions I'm like have you I know you work with curly hair but do you work with like black curly hair mm-hmm. also I have a yeah. ton of mm-hmm. hair like I mix so it's not complete like yeah. and they're like well I've worked with I'm like no you're out mm-hmm. <laughs> who's yeah. still stacking? no 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 like, yeah don't well, touch it don't and touch. I'm wondering too if if you guys can kind of touch on like what this experience within hair how that showed up on the show for you all um and like how you felt you showed up as a mixed race person on the show I mean, my hair was just frizzy the entire time. <laughs> mm-hmm. Like in Mexico. Yeah. No, nah, it was just gone. On, on Paradise was, was gone. the first time that I, <laughs> and again, like there's stages, as you talked about, Jamie, okay. where like I was straightening my hair a bunch. So my curls were not what they look like today. They were very frizzy. They were like not mm-hmm. full and it just, it looked a little raggedy. Um, and over mm-hmm. time with less straightening and, you know, getting trims and whatnot. Um, now I have the curls I have today, but I remember on Paradise, I wore it curly most of the time. And yeah. it felt like right. I was showing up in such a different way to not only myself, but also like in the public eye, because it was like, what am I mm-hmm. putting in all this work <clears throat> for? Like, why am I yeah. continuously straightening it? Why do I feel I need to do this in this environment? Mm-hmm. So it was a difference of like, is this something I want to do because it's like fun, it's creative, it's a way to just like change up my look or was it this like, I feel like I need to do this. Otherwise, like I won't be accepted and I won't be comfortable and I'm going to feel this anxiety of like, oh my God, this is like not how I should look here right now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I remember I remember on Paradise. Oh, no, you go, Sorry, Amber. Amber. <laughs> <laughs> um, I remember on Paradise when... I had just gotten ready for like the first rose ceremony or whatever. And they decided at that point to do the opening credits. You know, when we all like do those cheesy things Mm -hmm. in the beginning and they made me freaking go into this like shower scene and I had to get my hair entirely wet all over again. Mm -hmm. I was so (laughs) mad because I just had gotten ready Mm -hmm. and they had made me do everything. I'm like, you don't understand. This takes a long time Mm -hmm. to do. And I remember just not feeling like to par I guess yeah. um mm-hmm. at the rose ceremony because yeah. I was just like well I look ugly there's no point mm-hmm. oh, yeah I, I remember over. I remember having a few meltdowns during filming because you know they tell you oh like you wait for three hours like oh get ready it's time to go I'm like I'm like I don't think you understand like I can't do that yeah. it doesn't <laughs> work like that for what I have God. back here and I would get so frustrated um mm-hmm. but thankfully Eddie was one of my producers so he like understood yeah. but um I remember, I guess, like, I didn't really wear my hair curly at all during filming. And I kind of, I'm mad at myself for that because, Mm. again, it was just, like, working through. You're still beautiful, like, with your curly hair. Like, it's still, you still are presentable Mm -hmm. and pretty. And I just, like, was in this headspace Mm -hmm. of, like, you're on camera. You have to look your best. You have to straighten your hair, straighten go get it. And that's, like, how I was with it. But I think if I would have had the opportunity to go on Paradise, um, I think I would have embraced it just because of, kind of climate and like yeah. I think I would have tried to do that a little bit more yeah. for sure yeah and- I remember on mm-hmm. our season um 
I got yeah. a fight with one of the producers because they were like, you have to go back and we have to do an interview about night one. And my hair was like curly and in a bun. And I was like, okay, when do you want me to do this? And they're like, well, in like 15 minutes. And I was like, that's not going to happen. <laughs> yeah. Like, and they're like so confused. And I was like, it takes me a minimum hour and 15. And that's like mm-hmm. not even my best hair. That's not going to look yeah. like me on night one. Mm-hmm. And they were like getting mad at me. And I was like, I don't understand how like this is a thing. Like you can't just yeah. do that. And I was, yeah. Yeah. I remember just being like, are you kidding me? And I don't even think we had any black producers. Yeah. So I was going to say for, for yeah. listeners, Eddie uh, was the only black producer I think that they've had in the entire time of the franchise that I'm aware of. Um, oh, okay. He came on, on, I believe it was on my season of Paradise, yeah. um, was the first that I think he had came on. Um, I'm not sure that he's with the show anymore, but um, yeah, Eddie was one of the only black producers. Um, and then just to, to your point of like feeling bad, you know, like looking back at not wearing your hair curly more, like I definitely would just want to say to you to like, to be gentle with yourself on that, you know, like it is a really intense environment and we have been conditioned throughout our entire lives that like, you know, mm-hmm. our society favors whiteness and favors when you do show up in a way that's more in alignment with that. And I know that's something that like I've struggled with myself. And I think as we've all talked about, we all kind of have in some ways. Um, right. So I was just, you know, say to just like be gentle with yourself on that and like not yeah. try to process. not be upset. It's a process for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. Um, we have to kind of wrap up here. I know there's so much more that we could go into on all of this. Um, but being that this is like our uh, kind of first predominantly girl group, um, the hair piece feels very, very authentic to discuss that, yeah. that I know a lot of a lot of uh, mixed race people struggle with. Um, I would love to hear just kind of to leave us off here of like what being biracial means to all of you and like what you want people to know about your experience being biracial? Um, Well, I think being biracial, obviously, you know, I love equally my mom and my dad. And again, like I said, I did grow up Mm -hmm. primarily on my mom's side, but I think recently I've found out a lot more. Um, And like I, my current boyfriend right now, um, he's white and I just remember, like, just a couple of weeks ago, it was uh, 4th of July weekend or whatever, and we had a discussion about everything kind of going mm-hmm. on. And I just, my heart, just because they kept talking about it, and I just wanted to interrupt them so many times, like, but you guys are not getting the point mm-hmm. of these things. But I also wanted, like, my second time meeting this family, like, I don't want to be yeah. that person. <laughs> but I ended up speaking some words, and I ended up crying. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but I think it's just, like, it's, it's tough because you, you, you see one side, you know, like my mom luckily is a saint and she's just always shown me the right in everything. You know, she's never, I've never grown up, um, in a way that I never will never see my dad's side. Like you're never going to see them ever, you know what I'm saying? Like, um, I just, in a way for me, I think some of my friends were like, you don't have to worry about any of this stuff happening in the world because, we got your back. We're white. We got your back, you know? Mm. And I I don't know how to explain this, but it's just like more of they, I feel for my brother, honestly, like I've never really 
like Sydney, like with your stuff that you've dealt with, I have not dealt with any of that. I was lucky enough to not. But my brother, on the other hand, has. And that's where my heart honestly goes yeah. before me is my brother. Um, obviously, he's a male. He's six one. He's a bigger guy. And as soon, as soon as I saw like that George Floyd thing, I was like, that could have been my brother. That could have been mm-hmm. my dad. That could have been my uncle. Um, and that's the only thing that like really kind of like pulled me into learning more, wanting to teach others more is my family. Honestly, um, I hate to see my brother cry. He doesn't cry often with me and seeing him just get so, um, emotional with all that just made me think I need to learn more about this and educate Mm -hmm. people more about this. Even my mom. Oh yeah. I mean, she knows a lot, but I have to keep like learning and educating and just being there. Mm -hmm. Stay in my, yeah. Stay in my word. There's, there's still so much for I'm us like to learn. I'm like starting to cry. Yeah, it's okay. <laughs> yeah. But like the yeah, the girls we just talked to before, they they put a lot of knowledge just on me just in that <laughs> short amount of time. I was like, damn, like <laughs> this is what I was going through. This is that word and all that. So there's mm-hmm. always there's always much to learn from, even though you experienced it your whole grow. life. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, Jamie um, or Sydney. I guess I'll pop in. <laughs> um, oh my gosh, I kind of forgot the question. Uh, just like what what it means for you to be biracial and, and what you want people to know about being biracial or about the mixed experience. Yeah, I think for me being biracial is just like accepting all of who you are um, when it comes to, you know, your ancestry and even your hair. I think mm-hmm. that's such a huge thing. And I always say to some, like, not always say, but I think one of my things is like, if God didn't want the races to mix and he wouldn't have made all of the mixed races so beautiful. Mm-hmm. And I think another thing that I feel like people need to touch on is this weird thing of like a lot of people being like, I really want mixed race babies. Oh yeah. Yep. Which is like odd. And yeah. I've had people say that to me. And I think that they're trying to say it in a compliment as like, like, oh, I want my kids to look like you. But to me, it may, I don't know, it makes me feel almost like a dog that you're like breeding, like which is just accessory. like, yeah, it's, right? like, like, yeah. Mm-hmm. It's, it's very weird. And I feel like I, my dad always said, cause I would get really upset when I was a kid when people would say, well, what are you? Yep. And I, I hated mm-hmm. explaining it. And then my dad, he just said, he was like, obviously that's a kind of a rude way to phrase it. It's very and, dehumanizing. I did a whole episode on that concept when people yeah. ask, what are you? Because <laughs> I can't stand yeah. it. It <laughs> drives me, like that phrasing of it is just like so rude. Because mm-hmm. I just say I'm a human. Yep. Um, but I, I say American. I'm, I'm I say I'm human as well. I say that <laughs> yeah. as well. Yeah. Yeah. But I do understand because sometimes I've seen some like beautiful people and I'm just like, where, like, where, did you, where are you curiosity. from? Like, what's your background? And it's that curiosity. So I understand it a lot more. And I'm like, okay. And it, and it's when they ask it in a polite way, it's mm-hmm. them trying to learn. So I feel like I'm also learning to have more patience uh, with people, obviously, unless they're very rude and arrogant. Mm-hmm. And even then, mm-hmm. um, when I went to uh, the rally in um, Edmonton, uh, this there was one gentleman that stood up and was awful. And this guy just said, we love you. We're giving you love. And now I'm like, that that's what I'm going to do is just mm-hmm. kind of, put my love on everybody else, especially if they are arrogant and racist and hopefully just keep learning and just loving everybody. Yeah. Good for you. <laughs> I don't got the patience for that no more. <laughs> but again, like, I feel like, like, again, I like did, especially, but, especially hearing like Sydney's stories, 
I'm like my I think yeah. you saw my jaw was dropped like mm-hmm. the entire time yeah. I was bullied growing up but it wasn't like aggressive hate crimes and I think yeah. like Amber my brothers were they're six foot two like six one six two like tall black guys and my brother actually recently told me that he's had the n-word yelled at him while walking mm-hmm. in the streets of Edmonton right. and like I am like the younger sister that's like so overly protective like I will attack yeah. so I'm like oh my gosh and I yeah. think mm-hmm. I am lucky enough to not have had really awful experiences but and I think another thing sorry I'm rambling it's just <laughs> when someone does tell you about their experience don't say no that didn't happen because it's hard for you to believe say I'm sorry that happened to you because when I tell people about someone touching my hair that I don't know, and they're like, no, that doesn't happen. Mm-hmm. I'm like, you're like muting my experience in life. Yeah. So just say, I, that's crazy or some, something wild like that. Mm-hmm. So that's my lesson <laughs> of the day. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, thank you for sharing that. And I, I agree with all of that 100%. Yeah. I think for me, this has just been so good for me because I didn't really have a lot of people to like look like in Alabama or the community that I grew up in. Like I just did not have any girlfriends like you guys or anyone that understood like where I was coming from. I think the uh, the other mixed person in my in my school was like a, a boy and he was like three years younger than me. So I never understood like why this is happening and all of these crazy things and going to the police and like having like it was just it was really traumatic for me. But it's 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 almost, um, it's just so good to hear, like, it's not always like that. And it also depends, you know, where you are in the world. And obviously I got put in the worst possible spot you could be in. (laughs) Um, so it's just like, it's hearing like, you know, I think one of you ladies said you, you had an experience where you named your dog Oreo. Like that was like a thing for you that you felt like that was okay. And like, I wish that I had that mindset, but on the other end, like I got Oreo stepped into my locker and, and, you know, and like things like that is just like, it's good for me to hear these things to where I'm not so rigid towards it. Cause I think Absolutely. throughout all of my traumatic experience, it's made me kind of just like rigid towards anyone that says anything. I'm, I just like pop off and I'm very quick to just be really aggressive and I don't need to be that way. But I guess it's just from the trauma, like you said, that I've had and, and it's always having to be my own person that like, you know, fights back. Mm-hmm. So it's good to hear stories of just like not, you know, not as bad and in different mindsets and different viewpoints on it so that I can learn to just like, like, I don't want to say accept them for what they are, but just learn how to kind of weed through the mess and get to where I need to be like mentally for myself, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. It's just like, it's just like, you just have to, it's just like so much growth, especially with what's going on right now. And it, it's brought me back to kind of like those places more than I have been in a really long yeah. time because I've always just like kept kept forward, kept yeah. forward, like living life. It's triggering. Yeah. It's very yeah. triggering. Yeah, it is. So it's brought me back to like those moments and what those people would say and all the racist, crazy people in my hometown and all of that, um, just bringing that back up. So it's made me more aware of decisions like not wearing my hair curly, like like mm-hmm. things like, like, why am I doing that? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It's made me like more aware of little things that I do, but um, no, I'm so thankful for this. This is, this is great yeah. for sure. Well, thank you all so much for sharing. Yeah. I'm like, I want to keep going. There's so much more. There really is. Um, and you know, I really wanted to make sure that everyone that was a part of this franchise had an opportunity to kind of share a, even just a small part of what their experience has been like being biracial. Um, so I really appreciate, you know, the three of you really making the time for this and being vulnerable and sharing this stuff. Cause I know that it does bring up things and that it can be really hard to talk about and put out there. 
Um, but hopefully it's also feeling a little bit healing in some ways too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this yeah, was awesome. 100%. Thank you for putting this together, Taylor. It was yeah. nice yeah, hearing about you. everyone else's experience. I know. Too. Yeah. I know. It's so crazy. Cause you like you see this like Instagram and everyone looks so happy and perfect and stuff, but then you don't really no one really knows any of our backstories. Mm-hmm. No. Really. They know us from two hours of television time <laughs> on Monday. Yep. And that's what they're judging us on. Mm-hmm. So that's I like these types of things too. So thank you. Definitely. All right. Well, thank you ladies so much. Um, is there anything else before we leave off that, that we want to make sure um, that we talk about? I would just say, let's go hard for Brianna Taylor. Yes, yes. absolutely. Brianna <laughs> Taylor, absolutely. let's get, let's get uh, some justice and some accountability mm-hmm. for these police officers, please. Yes, hundred percent. Awesome. Exactly. All right, that does it for today's episode. Thank you so much for making it all the way through and keeping your ears, your hearts, and your minds open. It would mean so much to me if you could take a second or two after listening to this episode to leave a review on iTunes and let me know what you're enjoying about the show. I love reading you know, what your favorite episodes are, where you guys listen, um, and definitely feel free to share this with a friend. I mean, part of how we break down the stigmas around these topics is by talking about them, right, and, and sharing them with more people. So definitely share the podcast. Um, and again, really wanting to include all of you in this podcast. So if you have questions or you want to share a thought or an experience, please send in a voice memo to ask.letstalkaboutit at gmail.com. And I'm really excited to keep having these conversations and uh, breaking down these stigmas. So thank you all so, so, so much. I hope you have a wonderful rest of your week and I'll talk to you next time. Surgeons keep our hearts beating. They do the amazing, help save lives, and so can you. Your CSL Plasma donation can help create 24 critical life-saving medicines that can give Grandpa the chance for his heart to swell when he meets his new grandson or give a bride the chance for her heart to skip a beat on her wedding day. Every plasma donation helps more than you know. Do the amazing. Help save lives. Donate today at your local CSL Plasma Center and be rewarded for your generosity.